0: Hello and welcome back to the Functional Spirituality Show. I'm your host, Ava, and this episode is a little bit more about myself. So there's been a really good response to the show so far. We're super grateful that everyone is getting into the meditations and having a listen to the previous episodes but I've received a fair bit of feedback, especially from the first episode, that it was a little bit surface level, and it's actually brought up more questions than offered any answers, and there are a lot of questions that have come through about um, myself, Ava, what my journey has been, and how I've gotten to the place that where I'm at, and after you've listen to my story about getting onto the spiritual path, learning about what my motivations are. You know, I've got really strong um, values of integration and awareness and spiritual practice. And I just wanted to answer a couple of the questions that have come up around that. So the first one is, why was I fanatic? So I'm sure I mentioned that when I first started on the spiritual path I kind of became a bit fanatical about it and and left everything I was living in Sydney I left my job and my boyfriend at the time my house and all my possessions and went traveling kind of searching for answers and before that I had been practicing Bikram yoga so I was into yoga a little bit before was into a little bit of meditation but when everything switched for me in Sydney and I decided to kind of pursue retreat and spiritual enlightenment, really. It was a a big switch for me and I became a a fanatic. So the question is, why were you so fanatical? Why were you so driven on the spiritual path? Where were you trying to get to? What were you trying to solve? That's a really good question. If I think about why was I so driven and what was I so fanatical about and trying to solve? I think I get drawn into um, my personality and my history and I guess it really comes down to my core yearnings and my core wounds in some ways as I've identified over the years and I'm not really an, an expert in core wounds and things like that and the different systems about wounds and things but I've definitely always felt it's always come down to this core desire that I have to be understood. And I can sense that that is also the reason that I was so driven on the spiritual path. I wanted knowledge. I wanted to know the answers. I wanted to know what it would be like to master and to reach the end point and to be in a place where I had the fruits and all the answers that the practice was promising. I wanted to experience what that was like. I've always been really motivated and really driven, and when I've put myself to tasks before, I usually achieve them with great success, I have been known to be an academic and to accomplish and and reach good results through my study and my and other pursuits, including interpersonal re- pursuits as well. And I really wanted to know what would happen. What happens at the end of the spiritual path? What happens if you do all of the yoga practice and you read all the books and you do the meditation that your teachers are telling to you? What happens at the end of that? So I was desperate, yearning to know the answer. And somehow that yearning and the reason I was so fanatical and driven to taste those results, if I think about it, it's because I... I'm yearning to feel understood, and that yearning is really coming from what I understand. All yearnings and all desires are are coming from, and in my understanding, all yearnings and all desires are a desire for love and connection. Ultimately, I wanted all the knowledge and all the fruits and the results of the spiritual path because I wanted to know. I wanted answers. That's the reason. That's the reason I'm here now. That's the reason I got into it then. I want to know the answers. I was so sick of not knowing, not knowing the truth. I'm not speaking about a relative truth about not knowing who was right or what the real truth is about a particular thing. It sounds cliche, but I wanted to know the truth of my existence. What's really going on here? I felt disconnected and I didn't realize how disconnected I felt until there was some tastes and mentions of the answer and that connection to truth. So I'm just going to elaborate a little bit more about what I mean by connection to truth and truth of existence Again, I'm not speaking about a relative answer to a certain question, true or false. But connecting to my own existence, my own life, my own purpose, my own experience of my body, my mind, relationships in a meaningful way is simply what I mean by the truth, even on a more superficial level. Of course, when we get deeper into the esoteric elements of spiritual practice, we do definitely speak about the truth of existence and speaking more about a transcendent and timeless reality that we can connect to. So I was driven to the spiritual path because I was seeking to feel connected and understood on a personal level. So my personality, I wanted to... To have a common reality with the people in my lives. I have such a deep yearning to feel understood and to feel connected. And I felt like this could be an answer. Of course, at the beginning of the path, I had no idea if it would be the case that pursuing the spiritual path and the spiritual goals in some way of awareness and compassion and love and knowledge and wisdom, I had a feeling that it would help me to feel more understood and to share and connect with people with a a common reality that made sense and that I was willing to subscribe to. So really, I was driven onto the spiritual path, ultimately, from two directions. One was from my personality, the yearning to connect, to master, to understand, and to receive wisdom and to go on this on this beautiful path it seemed i was driven from my person my desire to feel connected and my suffering of loneliness which i didn't even realize was so substantial until i turned towards the spiritual path then i realized how substantial the suffering was i had always felt it but i had nothing to compare it to the suffering of loneliness dissatisfaction and meaninglessness, purposelessness that I felt so substantially living in the city in Sydney and just pursuing outcomes that were not strategically or meaningfully placed on the path ahead of me. So one was really from that personal desire. The other reason, looking back now, 10 years later, why was I so fanatical? Why was I so driven? And so much of that pull, the fanaticism on the spiritual path, came from outside of my person. So in many ways, the pull came from the divine itself. I strongly believe that our personality, our bodies, our minds don't create our destiny entirely. There's something else. There's a destiny that is set outside of what our thoughts and our body are contributing to. There's a deeper plan set. I didn't choose to be so interested in the reality. I didn't choose consciously as Ava to be so intrigued and interested and obsessed with the truth of existence. That is a creation from outside of my person. In Kashmiri Shaivism, there is this understanding that the spiritual path is conducted from both sides, from the individual. So my efforts, my desires, my suffering, my yearning, my longing, all of those personal qualities that come from the individual, they push me and propel me and drive me down the spiritual path. But there's also an attraction and a magnetism from the endpoint, from the universality, from the transcendent, from the source that pulls me down the spiritual path as well and draws me deeper into it. And another question that came was, why practice? Why have a functional practice? Why do you want to change the way you show up in your daily life? So again, these questions are about why have I been so drawn to not just do spiritual practice, but what is this obsession now with a functional practice? And of course, practice is important. Practice makes perfect. If you apply yourself, I mean, it's the only way to try to get the end goal is to to give it a go. And I'm not one for wasting time, I've got the drive, I've got the interest, and I've got the sharpness to really go for something and to see if it is really worth it, if it's something that I want to pursue. But the functional element is definitely huge and um, what I would say is really unique to my approach and really, really missing in the yoga landscapes that are sweeping the globe at the moment. A functional practice is one that is really questioning and refining the motivations for practice. So when I first started practicing spirituality, I wasn't considering my motivations. And in fact, if I did at that time, I would have been really disappointed. And I think I maybe was disappointed because I knew my motivations for practice were very selfish. They were very limited I didn't really know what I was doing. I wanted some kind of status. It was very much about the ego. So at that time, my motivations for practice were very limited and maybe a bit more superficial. They lack the depth and the volume and a deeper kind of character. Now my motivations for practice are, are very, very different and they are a product of the spiritual path that I've taken so far and the different systems that I've been a part of. So as I've been, you know, fanatically pursuing spirituality, awareness, energy states, peak experiences, meditation, tools and philosophies, as I've been pursuing that, I've come across so many, so many modalities. We already live in an information age. So there's so much information out there, so much access to information and a lot of the systems that I've looked at, they've been developing for a very long time, for thousands of years and some systems of course are, are very new and I've experimented with countless of these systems and modalities and what I've seen is that they definitely vary in terms of efficacy, also just efficiency and ease of practice. So ideally, a functional practice is one that is as easy, as simple, and as deep and integrated as possible. And at the beginning, I wasn't really seeking that. I was more seeking peak experiences at any cost, any cost to my own system, any cost to my relationships. I was just seeking something with a big bang now I'm looking for something that is really sustainable is really beautiful it identifies or relates to my deeper values that I have now of being compassionate of being aware of providing and my own presence of being a healing bomb to my relationships and to the world so my motivations are not perfect by any means but my my motivations have definitely refined in my own journey. I call this refinement a functional approach, a functional practice. So one that isn't just about getting as quick and as strong of an effect, but of getting really specific results that I'm super clear about and that I've consciously placed the practices, have evaluated the practices and seen if These practices are really going to give me this result that I really know I want. So before I was seeking results strongly without even evaluating if those are the results that I want. And it's taken a lot of time to, for me personally, I mean, I started this whole journey when I was 19. So I'm 31 now and it's taken me a lot of experience and years to get to the level of maturity that I have here in my own journey and in my own practice. So for me, a functional practice is going to change the way that I function in my daily life. And this aligns with one of my strongest values, which is integration. Um, another way of, of saying it is that it's a I have a value of having a really grounded practice It's not just spiritual up in my head and in the philosophy and also maybe in even the peak states and experiences of pure awareness and this identification that I am pure consciousness, I am formless. All of those are amazing, amazing, valuable and constructive parts of the practice But very much in spirituality, that's um, a disproportionate focus and the grounding and the integration and how that changes the way we show up in our daily life isn't spoken to enough or at all. So my value is really about having that depth, which again, a lot of spiritual practices don't even have that end. They don't even have that depth of formless realization of I am. And what I'm really interested in is integrating a practice that goes super deep into that formless realization and also super grounded into how to show up in the daily life and how that interacts with that formless realization. And I'll give you a clue to all of this by answering the last question that came about the um first podcast the one that one of my students who's also in very much way an inspiration and a business mentor to me an amazing woman so she knows who she is and is listening the, the last question she asked is what has all of this granted you so in a really um grounded way what has the practice and all this fanatical seeking and passion for functionality? What has this granted me? What has my practice granted me? And I've got three things that bubbled up for me right away. The first one is the complete conscious elimination of the fear of death. And this has been through a lot of factors. Definitely the Art of Dying workshop is a beautiful experience and one that I've partaken in a few times that has helped in many ways. But the fear of death being eliminated has really come from the second biggest gift that the path has granted me, which is an understanding of my identity. So going so deep into meditation so continuously, having my spiritual practice being focused around a deep heart tantric meditation has shown me what I really am in ways that are self-evident and they have restructured who I believe myself to be. And so this deep change in my understanding of my own identity has contributed to the loss of the fear of death. And don't get me wrong, my physical body, so, you know, don't say something stupid like, well, why don't you go and lie down on the middle of the freeway or something like that? There's still a preference for sure for my life. I have a preference that I stay alive. I have a preference for a lot of comforts and different things, physically, emotionally, and otherwise, including my life. So, to not end my life right now. However, that deep, dark, for me, murky, existential fear that what the fuck is death? What is going to happen to me? Is it, you know, I grew up with a little bit of um, education in Christian and Catholic schools. Is it going to be hell? What is this afterlife? And already, as we know, the uncertainty of the mind can be the cause for a lot of suffering and to not know what death is was really debilitating for me it was really painful to live with that uncertainty of not only do i not know i'm not even allowed to ask questions about it because it's not able to be answered and it's a scary thing and of course physically i'm completely opposing it in my in my physical body i do not want to die my physical body does not want to die biologically, I'm obsessed with self-preservation. So doing spiritual practice and doing meditation and being gifted with the most beautiful meditation practices that drive me directly, deeply into the source of existence. And of course, that really deep self-realization experience deepens only in silent meditation retreat. So if we're trying to experience and realize what we really are besides just a person. We need to completely change up the circumstances where normally in our daily life, our person is fully functioning. So by going into retreat, cutting off and in many ways, shutting down the normal habitual personal functions and going into meditation retreat is the way to deepen self-realization and to deepen our understanding of our true identity of being all that is. And then we come back into the world and we continue our spiritual practice while living our personal lives. And we have that knowledge to start to get integrated into our daily life experiences. And then we can use that deep self-knowledge to understand other aspects of our life, like death, and knowing, oh, actually, I have nothing to fear here. Fear arises. If I think about death, I'll have a sense of fear. But then I attach that. My next thought is about that memory of what I really am. And going into that realization, in that realization, there is 100% no fear of death. And then integrating what that experience is of me not fearing death at all, me knowing what I really am, me being ecstatic with the bliss of knowing that, of being connected to and knowing what I truly am, this consciousness and existence of all that is, somehow if that realization is deep enough, that fear of death can only arise as a thought, it can't actually be there when. You know something new. It supersedes that old knowledge. The old knowledge was I'm scared of death and death is a scary and dangerous, uncertain and bad thing. And the new knowledge is I have nothing to fear. Based on my new experience, there's no fear to be had. Death is just another occurrence on this existence that I am. And there's nothing to worry about there. So practically, this spiritual practice going into something functional, going deep into meditation, into a spiritual practice that isn't just superficial and only focused on the person, but has a deep transcendent aspect to it, has brought me this beautiful, sweet connection to my true identity of I am, as well as has dispelled all the fears of death. And the third one is that this functional spirituality including developing and refining aspects of the person as well as the deep self-realization of all that is, it's provided so much healing for me. And not just healing for me, but just a connection to what it means to heal, what it means to soften the tensions, the habits, the unconscious patterns, the tendencies that lead to repetitive actions that cause suffering and ignorance. Healing really for me just means that presence, empathy, and wholeness. And I think a lot of the beautiful spiritual teachers that I follow and practice with would would agree with that, that healing is really just about being present, empathetic, loving, and aspiring to wholeness. That is an impossible feat without having deep spiritual practice behind it. Unless you have the capacity to step outside of your ego and to be in that space of being and presence, healing doesn't make sense. So healing, you can't just go to a psychologist's office. You can't just read self-help books. You can't just do talk therapy or other therapies. There needs to be a connection to the spiritual practice that's just words I'm using spiritual practice what I mean by that is there needs to be a connection to a deeper level of being something that supersedes the the level at which the problem is appearing on which is the ego I believe it was Einstein that said that really nice quote that most of us would have heard that you can't solve a problem on the level on which the problem was caused or on level on the level that on which the problem exists so if the problems the wounds the things that need to be healed the pain the habits the problem exists on the level of the ego we can't solve it from the level of the ego we need to have some access and some connection to the deep peace that's inside because that's not the level of the ego the level of the ego is on the surface of our being in our skin and our senses and in our forehead and in the thoughts on the surface. But on the deeper levels of our being, it's a different level in the heart space. The ego doesn't live in the heart space. And for those of you who are not familiar with the type of practice we do, when we speak about the heart space and the meditation that I teach, It's not talking about the heart like the emotions the person has, but the heart space as the core of your being, the essence core, far beyond the person, far beyond thoughts or feelings. But that center of the wheel, that hub of the wheel, the stillness inside that is at the center of the whole experience, even the feelings, whether you feel them in the body or you feel them in the heart, the feelings are still on the outside in the, in the hurricane. And the eye of the storm right in the middle in the heart of the heart of hearts, the core of your being is stillness. And having a connection on a different level of the ego is what makes the healing practice efficient, beautiful, relevant, integrated. And this sums up the three Gifts or results that the spiritual practice has granted me. It's taken a while. Actually, it's taken way too long, I would say. I'm not being serious about that. It's taken exactly the perfect amount of time based on the past 10 years or more of my life. But now, for the people that I like to share and take into retreats, it should not take that long at all. It should take a seven day silent retreat, to be honest, because the way a teacher works is that they consolidate, they refine the best parts of their experience and continue to build on that and continue to develop and grow that. So that is definitely what I would consider a functional practice and a functional teaching is I've drawn out the things that are the absolute best. Because as I mentioned right at the beginning of this episode, I've tried a lot of things and they vary greatly in terms of efficiency and value, unfortunately. So there's a lot of shiny things out there that, in my opinion, some of them have zero value or, in fact, have counter value. And that would just be a strong opinion that I have. And we could unpack that at another time where I'm sure people would say everything has the value. I think value is relative, And if you have a certain goal and a certain desire and a certain outcome that you're working towards, in my case, it was right from the beginning, connection, understanding, depth, answers. And I spent maybe 90% of my time in practices that didn't give me that. I think I spent a good 10% of my time, even though I was, even when I was in silent retreat, for hundreds and hundreds of days in Silent Retreat, giving and teaching Silent Retreat, still there was many times where I didn't really get it. I didn't really know what I was doing or how I was supposed to be doing it. And to be honest, it had a counter effect. And our spiritual practices can have as little as zero value relative to our goal and as bad as negative value <laughs> traumatizing us and actually pushing us into the opposite direction from our hearts desires and goals from our personal drive and also from the drive of the heart pulling us in that transcendent aspect so i as you can see i'm definitely confident in in what i've achieved relative to my own desires and what i find to be meaningful and i hope this has served of course giving you a little bit more of a taste about me. I will definitely share more about myself and my journey in the weeks to come. Feel free to ask any questions or to connect with me through any of the platforms that I'm on, whether it's social media or through the website. Or, of course, you can ask questions, leave a review on the podcast, and I will get back to them. So I'll definitely be sharing more about myself but also you can see about my values relative to me what I find to be meaningful and valuable at this time is a spiritual practice that is efficient is clear and brings us meaningful results in our life (laughs) and is potent and simple and refrains from wasting too much of our time because there is going to be not I don't want to say time wasting, but there are going to be parts of our practice that are not as efficient as others. That's the way it is there's a There is a benefit as I've experienced, but hopefully we can reduce that percentage from ninety per cent irrelevant and damaging traumatizing spirituality to something more like thirty per cent. There are still things that you're experimenting with and seeing that, okay, that doesn't serve me and you can refine that, but spending the majority of your time in spiritual practice that is simple, potent, taking you deep perfectly into what you need to realize, integrate, heal and journey with in a way that really serves you. This show is dedicated to creating wholeness and satisfaction through higher education. I recommend you go back into the app and subscribe to the podcast. The very nature of the spiritual path is cultivating an experience that lifts you up. And this small step can do just that. You can also discuss your insights and the subject matter with friends. Thank you for listening and for cultivating wisdom.